0: Welcome to episode 44 of Jungle Brothers podcast. You can find us at junglebrothers.com. If you want help with your strength and mobility or your fight training or any of those things, get in touch. Um, glad to have you guys with us today. We've got Paul Fotofili in the house. Oh, uh, hi. We've got uh, not just yet, but probably coming late as per to your award. And then we've got our guest, Joel Costello. Hello, hello. Uh, and myself, Joe Worthington. Um, guys, just a quick note uh, we'll have our jiu jitsu program up and running full time within the next few weeks. Uh, Our mezzanine is almost complete, so if you're interested in that, get in touch. Uh, Follow us on Instagram for some mad tricks and skills and uh, instructionals and stuff like that. Um, Thanks to our homeboy, Tree, and Panavore Cafe, because we're drinking their coffee today, and that's what enables us to talk so much. Um, If you didn't catch (laughs) last week's episode, that was sick. That was with uh, Sean Dykoff. He's a CrossFit guy, but we still love him. Uh, That was super good. Yeah, if you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. Today we're going into the jujitsu piece. Um Jolie is an old friend of mine and uh an old old friend and, and has been a part of you've been a part of our gym for a while now. Um we know each other through the jiu-jitsu world. Uh-huh. Mate, um, would you like to give yourself a little intro? Tell us who you are. Uh yeah, um my name is Joel
1: Costello. I am, run Gracie Balmain, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I've been training for maybe sixteen years. I started 16 years ago, but had a little bit of a four-year hiatus in there, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, and yeah, I guess I'm always a, a bit of a curious guy into kind of fringe things and niche kind of sports and uh, and activities and so I guess go- I guess I was someone who, um, I always loved the rumble as a kid, you know, like I loved rumbling with my mates and, and that kind of stuff and kind of shameably <laughs> loved like WWF wrestling. because <laughs> of the moves, just cause of the moves, I knew it's it was okay. fake, <laughs> I had this like love hate relationship <laughs> with it but I used to try to pull off those moves on my mates when we were wrestling. And so then growing up, I, I kind of wanted to do martial arts and got into – I tried Taekwondo a couple of times and then just standing in line punching the air didn't do it for me. <laughs> and so, yeah, I had to, I quit and then I ended up wanting to go back. But it was not until I stumbled on the UFC as like a 17-year-old that that I um, fell in love with that. Like a, I guess the <laughs> it was a bit of a wild – as a kid, you know, violent, you know, this wild, weird thing. I thought it was these underground illegal fights. And that started me on that interest in Jujitsu. jitsu My friend – who initially got me into that, was the one who said, man, I found a, a jiu-jitsu school, we should try it out. And then once I went there, I was hooked. And so it's kind of shaped big part of my life. Like I don't know who I would be had I never started Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Sick. And um, yeah, I guess, I don't know how, how to describe myself really.
2: <laughs> what are the niche activities do you like doing? Oh, uh, Fringe <laughs> niche <laughs> <laughs> activities. Yeah, okay. So it's like, <laughs> I guess I'm just
1: always <laughs> interested in kind of bizarre, you know, like – Different, th- you know, things like like Wim Hof breathing. Or I'll get into something and I'll yeah, get yeah. really into it. And I, uh, you know, board games are another one. I know games. Joey loves his board games. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What's the board game of choice? No, Ooh. I love Joel telling me about <laughs> yeah. board games for hours. No, I days. won't get started on it. But um, like not, I'm just saying, not Scrabble and Monopoly. Like I hate those kind of games. But just interesting game. like bluffing. I used to play a lot of poker as, a, as I was a, yeah. you know, early twenties. Yeah. I go to the casino and, and play that quite a lot. And then um, but but yeah, and he came with bluffing kind of. Um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm like a creative guy. I like, do, do you like
0: playing things? Is that part of it? Yeah, like I think games. I love. Pro-
1: I love like I love puzzles. Like actually, not not jigsaw puzzles, but like mechanical <laughs> puzzles or kind of. I used to love logic thinking. You know, a lot of that. I'm quite good at, at, like you know, I love little illusions and and kind of things that made you think outside the box. I think that's what what I was always good at. Is a cool. you know the standard school system. I didn't line up perfectly with that, but when it came to creative thinking or or, or solving strange things, I always love that. And I think that connects with jiu-jitsu in a way, that I can be creative and, and try to, uh, you know, solve problems in a, in an abstract way. That's like cool. That. Yeah, that's so, a yeah. I nice way to think about it. Yeah. Where would you grow up? What part of town? So, uh, yeah, born in Sydney, grew up in, in Balmain, still actually living in Balmain, possibly, probably never leave. <laughs> 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 or hopefully go for some, oh, wow. for some uh, yeah, short-term trips living somewhere else. But, um, yeah, I love, <laughs> I love Balmain and so I think... Travelled a bit and I I think I
0: got a pretty good, you know, born in a good spot. So, that's where I've um, grown up. Balmain's a good spot. We got some, you guys are just talking before, you got some mutual friends over that way, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we were down around there, around school and stuff?
2: Yes. Just used to do the pub circuit around there, for sure. Yeah. We left school, maybe a few years before we left school as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Before that,
0: Balmain was the, for us, Balmain was, um, it was the city. It was like, if you weren't, like, before we're 18, you you didn't... um, you could go out and you would take a bus to Balmain and then you'd walk down to a porto mm, down yeah. at Balmain shops, Gosh, that and that would so be your Friday night.
2: That was like the first Porto outside of Bondi. Yeah, yeah, it Bond- was. It was so good. It was popping.
0: Nah, I fuck. missed that place. <laughs> man. But you had I to walk. You had place. to walk past the town hall, and you could get bashed. Like, <laughs> it was rough. Balmain it was, was rough, and yeah, people don't it was think like, it's like they like. Nah, Balmain's
1: you know, it's, it's a rich so area. upmarket, it's now. upmarket. But no, it was rough growing up. For sure. It
2: was, right? There was a quite a few gangs around and, you know. It's got the highest uh, amount of pubs in one suburb, Is For right? sure. It had at least yeah.
1: 22, you know. And now? Per capita
2: would have... Uh, it's, some of them, a fair few have dropped
1: off and it, it feels like the, the vibe has dropped off maybe just because I've gotten older and I'm not in it as much, but it's yep. definitely not the same. It feels like when we, maybe we were younger, there was a lot of like people our age that would go out or a bit older. There was a big generation of, of that kind of, yep. whereas now it's a lot more... They're those kind of old people have moved out and the, the new people moving
0: in have young kids it's and it's a bit more and family stuff. so, yep. so yep. The, the pub culture is not, not where it was I've got um I've got like old, old roots in Balmain that I found out about um, I don't know maybe 10 years ago my cousin my cousin was doing some research on our family lineage mm. you might know this Paul the f- a photo that I had I don't have it up at my house now but my old place um, it's just a it's a a, f- a moderate sized frame but it's got a little it's like a mug shot of a guy kind of like a kind of like from the 1800s it's black and white he's got a crazy mustache Mm. Mm. and uh it's my great great i think it's my great great grandfather and it's a mugshot from his arrest wow it's his arrest sheet that's cool um and he was arrested in roselle and uh on the on the back of the frame my cousin got his the charge sheet that the that the police filled out yeah um on what he was arrested for and it also has like prior offenses and he's just got this long list of like With drunken him. disorderly, drunken disorderly, assaulting yeah, yeah, a police yeah. officer, drunken disorderly. But apparently he found like, so, you know, he looks like a bit of a scumbag. Yeah, like yeah. That's <laughs> the story it tells. He's wearing um, nautica. <laughs> yeah, 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 Max yeah. in it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. polo Matt, <laughs> visor. Yeah. But he, um, he was, uh, th- my cousin found like a newspaper clipping um, from um, a newspaper back then that was talking about um, him saving a woman who was, I think she was assaulted by someone, had a bag stolen, mm. and then he like chased the dude down and saved the day. Nice. Yeah, so he was like a scumbag, but he, he, had, he had a good heart. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, like Bellman was, was I think it was, um, you know, very wharfie. Like there was a lot of wharfs around it, obviously, Full blue like and then he had mines as well. So it was, I think maybe when we were younger, there were still the ends of those, you know, the, the kind of relatives of a lot of wharfies and a lot of miners, yep, and yep. so a little bit more, a lot more working class and a lot a lot uh, tougher than it is
0: now. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, huh? Mm. Do you find, um, you know, you've got an academy there, right? So you That's run right. Jiu-Jitsu Academy. Uh-huh. How yeah. many students you got? A uh, about ish? 135. Sick. So,
1: yeah, cool. Yeah, cruisy little, uh, good group. We got a really cool, like, vibe i think we've got good people good culture there so there's something i try to foster i've
0: trained there they're fucking legends yeah nice nice but tough hard yeah hard yeah and do you think that that's a bit of the balmain thing like maybe yeah
1: yeah i could uh you know i can't take all the credit for it yeah i think it's a bit (laughs) like that surprises me like having taught at bankstown i used to previously be one of the instructors at um at bankstown for for several years and
0: shout out to sammy shout
1: out to sammy b yeah awesome school out there if you're in the area and um and yeah, they had a lot of tough guys, you know, like the, the Bank, Bankstown brings in a lot of tough uh, people from around there. So I would assume that Balmain would be quite a lot softer, but there's some tough, tough guys there. You know, Like we've got some of the day classes is just 10 beasts. you know, going at it. One, one girl might rock up and or one older guy. we got a shout out to Douglas. We've got a 67 year old student. Cool. Who's there <laughs> like my hero. This guy is, he jumps in there with the young bucks and throws down. And um yeah, so that's awesome to see. But yeah, we just got a yeah, good, good
0: tough group. So Dude, you got that um there's a there's an older guy, he's not that old, he's probably like early forties. Maybe belt. uh maybe blue belt, bit of maybe a bit Italian, part Italian guy goes French. real hard. French shorter guy? Yeah, he's not French. No. He's like a five dot guy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of who. He is. Five doc, bro. No, not at all, bro. Yeah. It's my first soccer team. Yeah. But um, <laughs> he goes um, he goes hard, and you can ask Paulie when I was there once yeah. he uh we were rolling together, and um I think I caught him in something, and he wouldn't tap and I sort of let it go, and he was he was a little bit out from as a choke right and um and he's like, "Oh, what happened did the time ago?" and i'm <laughs> like no, man, I, I just let it go. And he, he kind of laughed. Like, don't do that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we rolled again. And I, I caught him in a choke and he went out. Oh, I know. This is for sure. And I he, an he, didn't, he yeah. didn't tap and he passed out. And then I yeah. kind of, I, I, you know, he was, he was sort of on top of me. I think it was a bow and arrow choke. So I, I, I had to get my leg out from under <laughs> him. And then I grabbed his legs and lifted him up. And then he came to and he got up and he had this huge smile on his face. And he's like, oh, did I just go out? And I was like, man, you did. Like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And he's like thanks for the role i've got to go guys and we're oh, like where are oh. you going And he said i've got a competition at two o'clock oh gosh! <laughs> it possibly he possibly did um but you yeah, know we, do, we don't we uh.
1: don't we don't tap out in Balmain, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's written uh, across the doorway yeah. when you walk in
1: no he, he i think you know, this guy's a blue belt who just got it purple so i'm thinking it is the same i think he is it french but right. you wouldn't pick it but um oh uh, yeah, yeah okay yeah yeah good dude and <laughs> um, uh yeah a little infamous for going out in you know either tapping too late or he's got a kind of weak neck now i don't know uh, (laughs) yeah yeah. um
0: that's cool so so gameplay and jits yeah big part of your life yeah for sure like yeah
1: how old are you now um 33 about to turn 34
0: in a few weeks nice homie Mm -hmm. when's Mm -hmm. what dates your birthday the 9th of december oh savage yeah we're both sagittarius uh-huh that's cool yeah um, did you know that Bruce Lee was born on 27th of uh, November? I did not. Did you no. know that? That's why no. I carry the nunchucks in my bag.
1: I saw them today as I grabbed one of the softballs to do a little glute work while I was chilling downstairs. I thought I saw the nunchucks. and I thought, oh, I thought about having a swing with them. They're it.
0: Timmy's nunchucks. Oh, like, yeah, oh, nunchuck. you're right. Timmy's got that pair. That he, they look like a mobility tool, but they're actually nunchucks. No, I'm <laughs> going to buy some. Like, and I have a little side project I work on. You know, it's fun. Put some
1: nunchuck skills. It's fun to have. Yeah.
0: Man, how do you find, um, talk to us about your, your competition, your approach to competition, because we well, know your approach, but you compete a lot. I mean, you say you don't compete a lot. Mm. I think you compete quite a bit for, and to put it into context, you're running a small business. Mm-hmm. You're almost in your mid-30s. Mm-hmm. Um, competition is, is, you know, you, you could say it gets harder as you get older. Mm. Um, what's your take on it? Um, yeah, I, I,
1: love, I love the kind of challenging yourself, testing yourself where you're at, and that whole, you know, the... The, that old that old saying that like your uh, you know your opponent is your teacher the ego is the enemy that kind of thing where mm. going in there and just doing it to test yourself and and um, and I noticed as I got better as much as you get tighter harder as you get older it also the pressure builds as you get better at Jiu Jitsu you're expected to to do better you know that was something okay. that as I got to like running my own academy I felt Ooh, now, I, now all eyes are on me and you know, I need to perform well because this is my livelihood this is and so as a white belt, blue belt, you, you, know, you, you don't like to lose, but there's not as much on the line. And I felt that as, especially uh, I had a back injury that I did just before I started the business and it, and it was kind of bad as I started it. So along with running the business and being injured, I had to take a couple of years off, off competing. And um, having really only just started to, to fire that engine back up and, and get back in there. And I'm looking to really start competing well at, at uh, black belt especially like next year kick it off with double derby trials and, and start to just compete a lot because I think for for me the secret was just to go to compete a lot the more I competed the more comfortable I became and the, and the better I did and, and I went through a lot I, I think I won my first competition as a white belt as a, um you know my coach Bruno Pano chucked me and he's like you're ready man after not not long you know three or four months I jumped in and I think I was un, I was 17 years old and I fought another 17 year old and I beat him and I got that kind of probably helped to have that first win and get that mm, little bit mm. of uh, encouragement and then yeah i won and lost a, a lot of competitions and um and that brings us to when i first met joey there's a funny story <laughs> actually i had like oh do tell oh uh, yeah i was a blue belt and i had like my mom my dad my cousin my kiwi cousin and, and his girlfriend and a bunch of people wanting to come and watch and so i was like waiting around in the bullpen it was the Hoyler cup like it was oh, me and joey it was, it was, it was our first matchup i didn't know joey at all and um and I'm kind of nervously waiting for them to arrive, you know, and trying to warm up. But they were running late. And, I, and I'm, so I'm kind of kept playing the door and thinking, when are they going to get here? And it added a little bit of stress for sure. Uh, and then me and Joey got in there. And, and all I remember, and I may be wrong, but I, I'm, I remember Joey's beating me points-wise, like 5-2 or something around that. And I have mount at the end, but not quite, because Joe's still got my, my ankle. So I'm still in his guard. And I remember my coach going, go, Joe, pass the guard. And I'm exhausted. Like My, I mean, my fitness is always maybe my Achilles heel, and I, um, and I definitely wasn't as fit as I should have been. And I remember, you know, Joey's just fighting for dear life. I couldn't get my leg free for the life of me. And I finally lose on points. The timer goes, I couldn't, couldn't get what I, you know the submission or even get that my, my leg free for the points. And, um, and I remember going outside getting out of the thing and started vomiting and that's when oh, my whole boy, family shit. rocked up all my family arrived they're like hey joe and i was like and they're like if we missed it?'" I'm you like, go you, you missed it oh I was wow. like, in between vomits and so um yeah and, and that was my first meeting of joey and then it was someone you joe was someone i met like i'd bump into in the street after that one match and it felt like we'd known each other way longer than we had you know like super fr- <laughs> like friendly not, yeah and so then that's how we kind of Build our friendship. We ended up fighting again like,
0: years later. For, yeah. Yeah, a while later, but a New yeah. South Wales Cup something. Yeah, he yeah. bashed me. I got yeah, I got, back. Back, <laughs> I got it back. You took my back. And you took my back, and you You had your hooks in, and then you hipped in, and I felt like. I felt like my My back just snapped I was like
2: Oh Like I was like I'd never <laughs> yeah. been
1: put in that position I was like This is for making me vomit That was so dominant Yeah <laughs> 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 was,
2: What was the vomit From just like it Relief was Just, just a purge Cardio yeah, yeah. Just like a, okay.
1: exhaustion You yeah. know yeah. like Yeah probably like uh, Too many extracurricular Activities that weren't helping My <laughs> Niche my ones fitness, Yeah <laughs> And just Yeah just um, But uh, I was the kind that When I had that hiatus I'd actually Terrible fitness And and I'd kinda I was, you know, 19, 20, kinda going out partying with friends and drinking and and I would um, and I would I stopped for all that time and i hated myself for stopping. I'd try to literally four or five months, six months gap, I would try to get back to 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 training train real hard all these guys i didn't know would start to give me trouble Or the guys i used to beat i couldn't beat them yeah. and i would finish the class and i would have to run to the bathroom and and, and be sick in the bathroom so
2: far out. Yeah, yeah people like
1: i've never been able to push myself to the point of you know vomiting but um yeah i think that you know i was living pretty wild <laughs> back then so it,
2: it made sense what a cool story <laughs> that was epic it's yeah. so
0: funny too thinking about i remember when i first saw you because you had a you always you you like to wear a nose clip in yep. competition yep H- opens up your n- your nose just for intimidation man <laughs> <laughs> it's like
1: some NFL shit yeah no it does it's like so my nose is bad it's like my mom's got bad sinuses i've always had bad sinuses still trying to figure out if it's a dairy thing or what it is um, i think it may be a dairy thing but i do love my milk and um and yeah just it's just literally like someone pulling your nostrils open 10% you know yep. 15% maybe
0: like you see um it's kind of like what you see um what do they call the, the Olympic sport where they do the stuff in the water? Swimmers, synchronized. Synchronized swimming. It's kind of like what they wear. But that's yeah. a peg for them. But the complete opposite. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. complete, yeah. complete opposite, <laughs> but it looks the same. And <laughs> I remember, you know, when you, this is a, this talks of like the the, the stress in competition, mm-hmm. but I, when I saw you and I saw that, I'm like, oh, he looks like a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he looks, he looks like tough. I'm like, what's with that fucking thing on his nose? I'm like, oh man, this is going to be hard. You know, like you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you yeah. make this story in your head and you're like, yeah. Fuck, he's not a nice guy. He wants to hurt me. Like, yeah, you
1: know? 100%. You see someone do a certain warm-up or something, and you start to doubt, or you start to run things in your mind. Like, yeah. and I, and uh, that leads because I started trying to do a lot more positive thinking, and I realised like having not trained, if I would compete, those thoughts would would ramp up. You know, whereas right. competing and winning a lot, the, the even without doing kind of focusing on a positive mental state, you'd automatically think. I've beaten a lot, you know, I'm I've won these last competitions. You You've had find yourself that air, being less and your brain would, would feed you those good good uh kind of thoughts. And then yeah, so recently having having like a bit of a hiatus between comps, I would try to tell myself, you know, positive kind of reinforcement and I think that's huge. If you stand there looking at the dude, you're fighting training and uh, warming up and you you psych yourself out like like Joe was saying, where you start to think, Oh man, look, he's He's got pretty big, you know, arms or he's, he looks really <laughs> he's tough. punching or, himself in the he, face. Yeah, I've seen him beat this guy <laughs> yeah. or that guy. What the just drinking straight Valvoline? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so that, I think that makes a huge difference is that, you know, the way you talk to yourself before and during the match as well. You know, if you're thinking that kind of stuff while someone's on mount on you, you're never going to get out. Whereas if you have that, like, I never get beaten or I always get out of this position or mm-hmm. that kind of mindset... It's like when you wrestle a white belt or a blue belt that you know you're better than. They could get a good position on you, but in your mind, you're like, no, I'm definitely better than this guy. I will get out.
0: Yeah, and you do.
1: Yeah, and opposed to maybe a, there's a tough blue belt who might he might be able to tap you, but in his head, he's like, oh, this guy's you know trained for so long, or this guy's a black belt. I'm the underdog. I'm not going to be able to finish it and I have that little bit of doubt, and I think that that can kind of tip the coin either way, depending.
2: That's so true. I remember, I've only been in a couple comps, but... Looking across the room. And mm. I can't remember who told me, but yeah, they, they always seem to, the opponent always looks twice as big as they yeah be. yeah i think that they're bigger than you yeah physically and they look you like fuck they look really good i, I had too. Jiu- jiu- which yeah. what the fuck does that look like i know exactly <laughs> but it, this guy was brazilian you know i went against oh that's good. And he was black <laughs> <laughs> and he looked like you know his muscles were striated and I was uh-huh. like man he looks tight and strong yeah ass, you know? <laughs> yeah it's natural was, everyone, was, does, was, that, I I shitting myself, everyone does that i think everyone does that And
0: we bash the guy i beat him yeah, that's <laughs> it <laughs> well points but um I, well, it's funny that my experience of that comp with you was—I um, had the complete opposite experience, and it, it was the only comp I've ever had like that. I had a—I uh, had a, a new girlfriend who was coming to watch, and uh-huh. it's funny, she was Brazilian, so I felt like some kind of pressure because I'm performing <laughs> in her national sport, you know, and like, in- and I'm introducing her to it. Yeah, like she didn't know shit about it, right? But. So that was part of it. But uh, I was running late for the comp. Mm, I was that's running, stressful. And I remember being in Bondi. The comp was in Homebush. Mm-hmm. I'm in Bondi and I get a text from Marcus, my teammate. He's like, bro, they're calling your division. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, yeah, we didn't have like fucking Google Maps and shit. I'm yeah. like, I'm probably like 30 minutes away, bro. I'll just, I'll come, whatever happens. And we, we get in, we park the car, like race to the joint, trying to find it. It's a little fucking hall out the back in mm. that tent. And I get in there. And Mark's "He's like, bro, you're on now. And I literally th- pulled my clothes off, chucked my gear on, ran onto the mats. Didn't have any time to think about my competitor or... Warm up. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. I had no time for any of it. And it actually put me it in the you. best mind frame. Yeah. 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 Because I was like, I didn't... Because I have, I, I have a really... I think I'm quite good at talking myself out of things. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't give me a chance to have any of that negative self-talk. For sure. Yeah, the opposite of that, Getting to a comp for four hours
1: early. And I think, one, watching your teammates compete, that anxiety builds up. And wow. plus, the longer you've got to, to dwell on Luminate. it. Whereas, like, yeah, yes. when you just get there and go, you, you haven't had that stress. Other than the stress of running late, <laughs> you, you haven't had that stress of, of looking at your opponents or, yeah. or
2: worrying about everything else. It's tough because you couldn't do that every time. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really That's hard. Work every time. Yeah. Well,
1: sometimes you can do it where you're like, okay, my fight's at 1 o'clock. I'll get there at 12.30. 30 minutes, you know, 45 minutes to warm up, perfect. And then they're running two hours late and you end up sitting there <laughs> for like two and a half hours what? sweating on little things.
2: I remember, because uh, I used to go and watch Joey at his comps and often I'd be the filmer there with Phoebe, his sister, <laughs> be on the sidelines cheering. Mac. Yeah, um, but you remember you used to go, you used to sleep between your, you used to take little naps? Did I? Full Cron Gracie yeah. style. I think that you'd was probably on, for advice from my coach, hey Dan. Yeah, you just, you'd go and lie still. I think yeah. there's a good. I think there's it's a lot like, to that. Yeah. It's a busy hall, and you just like go find a corner, and people are warming up in little corners, and you just lie down and just like close your eyes. And I didn't know what you were doing at the time, meditating or, or what. Yeah, funny. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I do. I
0: do vaguely. I think it was probably just in my coaches like, <clears> man, go like, because I'd probably be like, oh man, I'm anxious. I'm stressed, yeah. and mm. when am I on and. He'd be like, man, it's gonna be a while. Like, just go rest. Go rest.
1: I think that could give an edge too. If you if you're competing with someone, you see them sleeping in the corner, and, and you're there anxious and nervous. You're like, damn, look at this guy. He's so so relaxed. He's chilling. He's damn, I well know. He doesn't give a <laughs> yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People are warming up right around that him, one. and he's just zen out. But the <laughs> yeah. problem,
0: the problem then with that is that when you go to jump on for your next match, you have to like reactivate the system, that's mm-hmm. right. and mm-hmm. that's hard. That's I always hard. Fa- I remember that feeling like. Do I do jump squats? Do I do some burpees? Mm. Like, how do I, how do I like reactivate? Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slap and, yourself. and in a way, I think it's just staying
2: active all day is it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, did either of you see the UFC two four four just finished? Yes. Did you see Darren Till and his comments after the fight? Mm, no, I uh, saw he opened fear?
1: up. I saw a little video. Said he really opened up, didn't he? Yeah, I he really opened it up. Didn't did watch you see Joe? Or?
2: No. Okay, you should watch it. He is telling. Uh, in an interview with BT Sport afterwards. And then he did an interview with Ariel Hawani yesterday as well and opened up even more, same again. And he's talking about um, how, and like running late, he was late to this event. Did you see that? Like they had visa issues and he turned up in in the States two days before the fight. Oh, shit. Coming from the UK and stuff. So that was a whole thing. Mm. And in a way it helped him because he didn't have to go through the anxieties or the busy press shit during the week. Right. Although you know he had to like the jet lag maybe the still jet there. lag and all it was all there and anyway that, that helped but also added to the doubt as well. Mm. But he was saying how he was th- he was at the back thinking of faking an injury. Wow, he was didn't want to go out there. Mm-hmm. He was shitting himself. And he said he was scared and he was like all this dialogue, the stuff that fighters don't That's ama- Yeah, they did they, a lot, like probably a,
1: 90 of the, per- you know, a large percent of the of them are thinking, but yeah. they will never say. Well, as you
2: said, I'm, I'm real and that's why people love me. Yeah. He's like, I was scared. <laughs> I was scared to go out there and I was like looking at fake an injury and yeah. yada, yada. And he went further on in the Ariel Hawani show about how a lot of people think that and he thinks that a lot and mm. um, there's a lot of fear going. I know it's not the same, exactly the same thing because, I don't know, the striking... I yeah, getting different your face punched in would Is would different. Be. But can you relate to parts of that? Oh, like yeah. I know you were... For sure, for yeah. sure.
1: It's like, because I, I know it's it's almost, the for me, the cardio, the feeling of that horrible... You're going to be exhausted. Like, that's it, that, you know, not so much that you're going to get hurt. That's not what I'm worried about. If it was Ken Punch in the face, probably a thing. But it's that I'm going to be really exhausted and it's only going to be halfway through and I'm going to yeah. push. I'm going to push no matter what. And then you've yep. got everyone cheering for you and you just... You know, yep. that feeling of being so tired, you know, I've had a bunch of matches where I was so exhausted, where you know, yep. you're dizzy and you go and sit down and you feel like you're going to be sick and, yep. and yep. You're, you're like lightheaded. And then they're like, Joe, you got to go in for the next round. You know, you just won that first one and you think I can't even yep. stand yep. up. I'm about to be sick and you want me to go again. So it's that fear of, oh, am I, how, how tired am I going to feel? And I'm sure with, with MMA it's times five, you know. Is that still,
2: you still get that to this day?
1: Yeah, like I think so. It's um, for me when I compete, the first match is is nervous, and then if I win that one, I feel really good. I yeah. feel like that. That and even the guy I'm probably fighting, he's won his first as well. But it just puts me in a in a good mindset. Yeah. But yeah, like that last super fight that I had, I definitely felt felt nerves. You know, I I, I I think I was better than I expected. Um, and but yeah, definitely felt felt the nerves and the anxiety and the, and that yeah. you know in the lead up. I've had it before where I've thought, oh, I don't want to do this and, and you want to pull out. But this one I felt pretty good. I got a good like seven-week training camp for a long time. A lot of the other ones I've taken on three weeks notice, my fitness wasn't great. I took it and then I tried to get my fitness up and in the back of my head I thought, I'm not as fit as I should be. And yep. that starts to play on your mind a little bit.
2: I was going to ask you, so yeah, a lot of fighters, I hear they take confidence from the training camp. Yep. Yeah so like that feeling can yeah. hopefully be nullified if you have like a sweet training camp all your numbers are up mm-hmm. on cardio and strength and otherwise do you find that's the case and what do you do for your strength and conditioning
1: yeah for for um in terms of like my um in terms of my <laughs> in terms of my um like training like that last one i was on fire in the gym like that, i think three Ooh. weeks out i was i was on fire and it was like two weeks out. I, I started to, I like, felt like maybe I peaked a tiny bit early. Like I like, <laughs> wish the comp yeah. was closer because I was on fire. And then it started to, you know, you have some of those roles where it was actually one of my good training partners, uh, Badger, Hugh um, Fletcher.
2: <laughs> he, like that, yeah, he's, he's, a savage.
1: he's a savage. And we, I went to one of the, the, the advanced classes at the like headquarters for, for the Gracie team. Uh, like had someone coaching my classes so I could get in and train with some of the advanced guys. And we went, we always talk a little bit of smack. We're like, rivals and, uh, and, and kind of nemesis, you know, good mates, but we always push each other. And um, we slapped hands, he caught me, straight away he almost got to my back and he caught the collar and I was getting out, he didn't quite have control of my body, but he had this collar wrapped around my neck and as I was trying to get out of it, uh, I remember thinking my head was just about to slip free, but it, it felt like it, it got tighter just before it would kind of pop out. And then next thing I knew, I was, I was have an amazing dream, you know, I'd like discovered the meaning of life or something like that.
2: <laughs> and then I wake
1: up to my my mate, who was one of the assistant coaches of that class, holding my feet, and I passed out. <laughs> and I was like, man, and I looked back and I, there was a minute left and I was like, let's keep going, man. I, I wanted to get it back. but um, And then I wanted to rematch him in the th- you know the third wall <laughs> of the night. I was like, let's go again. Come on, give me another match. And like did better on him. He didn't choke me out, obviously. Uh, and so that's, that kind of rattled me a little bit. And I was yes. like, man, this is not good. However, then we, we, we trained, I t- asked him to come to one of the, the comp classes that week and I got it back real, real nice. Like I got a very quick submission, take, take down, almost got his back and an armbar, really nice. So that helped pick me back to where i needed to be because that, <laughs> that would have played the comp. With, yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah, maybe a week out or just a little bit more. So that, because also uh, Badger has fought the guy who I was fighting and had beaten him. Oh, I had he. So in my head, is like, if I can beat Badger. Beat him in gi or beat, no gi? Uh, in the gi, in the mm-hmm. gi. You got injured beating him. So that was on my head as well. Got like his knee got badly injured um, as he's taking the guy's back. The guy's trying to footlock him. Uh, Warik right. as well. Shout out to Warik. He's a he's a cool guy. And um, Wari. Where Warik where where And um, and yeah, he you know trying to avoid, instead of escaping the footlock, he went for the guy's back and sunk a choke. And his knee, he got bad. You know, ruptured his LCL. But um, but he got, got the win. Got the so choke. So I knew son. he was dangerous. I knew Warik was tough, but I thought. Badger was my measuring stick, you know? Yeah, and so sure. having him choke me out was not a good feeling. But yeah, so in terms of that, and then um, I used to do strength and conditioning uh, with a friend of mine, and now I'm pretty much exclusively doing it with you guys here at the Jungle Brothers. So shout out to your, your good work, because um, it helped me through the through the match, particularly like Bang. my mobility. I think I was focusing more on strength and, and cardio. And I think probably my, you know, apart from my cardio being something I need to keep in check when I'm competing, my mobility is like my biggest kind of hole, you know, where I'm, I can be fast, quite strong and kind of technical, but my mobility's always been my, my crutch. And so working on that with you guys has been, has been awesome. And I was just saying before the podcast, how, how it's actually that old back injury and a couple hip and groin injuries have, have been really ironed out from, from working with you guys. And then being able to pass that on to my students uh, has been cool too, you know showing them yeah showing them what they you know to avoid ending up tight and stiff and injured get onto it you know early like uh, i was never looked into it much till you know 10 plus years of jujitsu and my body getting tight and, and sore i started to try to catch up on all my um, mobility work and and uh yeah i'm telling them get on it early uh, stop there yeah, yeah yeah stop it before it starts
2: so obviously, I knew where you did your training, and I just wanted to know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I don't Shout really know. Shout out Jungle uh, Bulletproof. Yeah, Bulletproof for
1: BJJ. We've got one of the directors here with us it was now. The combo.
2: But I, I don't really know what goes on inside the sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's strength work. There's mobility work. Um, mm-hmm. How many times a week do you train? Or obviously, you do specific sessions. And then you've do, you do some warm ups with your students. So or? yeah,
1: I come in here on a Wednesday with um, with Joey and uh, Adam Childs, who was a, oh, I yeah. had on the podcast not long Legend. ago, and then uh, Legend, yeah, and a couple other boys, Jake, and it's normally just a, a small group on that Wednesday, which is really nice. The Twin Towers, <laughs> we call you two. <laughs> yeah, are, yeah, it's <laughs> massive. Uh, two very tall boys, and um, and then yeah, we do a little bit of kind of like uh, mobility work with soft tissue work, or kind of some really nice activation drills that I've loved sharing them with all my students. And then we get into kind of like some, some some strength work, supersets of, you know, couple of, um, you know, upper body, lower body stuff. Yep. And then finish it with some, you know, core work and uh and, and more kind of mobility strength stuff. So I've really loved loved that. And a lot of the a lot of the activations a lot of the what would you call it mobilizations that we do at the start, Joey.
0: Yeah, mobility activation. Mobility stuff uh, it, slash been, activation.
1: It's been really good. Like that was one thing Joey said, Oh I'm I'm starting this, this, this bulletproof for BGJ program and I knew how good it would be for me, but he was reminding me like you can share this on with your students and it'll be a huge, you know, benefit to them. And I think just a the standard Brazilian Jiu Jitsu warm up of running around, doing forward rolls and jumping yeah, jacks. Yeah, jumping jacks, it's like a little bit overdone and, and, and there's better better time spent on your mobility. And um, so I, I always run through these. So apart from doing the one session with Joe, I'm doing at least three other times you know through the week doing the the ones that i need and mixing it up and and kind of making sure i'm hitting all of the the, some of the ones we haven't worked uh, like joe might not have run us through for for a little while i'll do them with my students and then when joe introduces a new one i'll add that into with the students as well and so they really like it as 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 um too so good yeah so it's awesome and
2: how do how do students take it i mean often like they're not say at your level with your level of experience Mm. and your time Mm. you know competing and being tight and, and whatnot like at that point they're really just hungry for all the information and the knowledge and they just want to roll everyone just yeah, wants to roll yeah. let's just get to the last 20 minutes yeah yeah why are we doing all these
1: yeah you know, cost hack yeah. launches let's start yeah. 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 Fighting. <laughs> do because you, you i tell them yeah like yeah. i say guys like do this stuff now and, and i just preach from what i, I say least, like, it's easy yeah. to just jump in and roll and do that but over time you're going to get way more injuries i talk about injury injury prevention being out of be able to hit more positions because you've got that little bit more range yeah and uh and i think just you know the more mobile you are the more you know more abilities you'll have in certain positions and um and then the injury prevention's huge so yeah i just preach all that stuff to them and um and it's funny as well because the one little part of it would be that when I'm showing these mobiles, I'm not great at them, you know, so I'm showing them and I'm, yeah, sometimes yeah. I'll point at one of the students who's doing a really good job and I'll try to get to, you know, just like Vicky's doing over there, that's, that's where we want to get to. But a lot of my students are crazy tight, you know, even though they've only done jiu-jitsu for, you know, some of them less, you know, less than two years, they're very tight just naturally. Yeah. And then jiu-jitsu's probably tightened them up even more. So they know they need it. and
0: um, And, yeah, so I love it. It's cool man i you know i always think um think back to like the 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 amount of times i've tried to teach a mobility drill to like um academy owners or like black belts at the academy because it's always it's always the black belts that are the most broken right they've been in the game for the longest for sure they've had the most wars um you know they're usually the oldest or the older people in the academy um on the whole and at the end of class, I'll always do some kind of stretch or whatever, like when I finish training and invariably someone will end up, oh man, like I got this problem, like with my hip and I'll be Help like, man, me. let me show you this, this like one stretch, it's going to yep. like do great things for you and I can't count the amount of times I've taught it and they've given it a go and they're just like, oh, it hurts too much, man, and they stop it mm-hmm. and then they just sit there, like the conversation's over. Yep. They, they, that they wasn't
1: g- the answer they wanted, they yeah. wanted that quick, instant, oh, yeah. the pain's gone, I'm and, healed.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, man, fuck, like, it's yeah. so funny because um, I guess when, once you've gone that far and it's kind of also probably something that comes along with being a, being a long-time academy owner and being a long-time black belt, you, your days of being a student being a, beginner a little bit something. behind you. Yeah. So you don't want to suck at this thing. you know, no, like, no, man, yeah. I'm the fucking boss. You yeah, know, yeah, everyone's right? used knows. to
1: seeing me do the moves amazingly and now yeah. I'm the worst at these You know, little lunges where we're going side to side or something. Or yes. I can't even get nearly into the position, you know? And that's so true. Like one of my head instructors, um, uh, Black Belt Paul, he's amazing jujitsu. But super, super tight, you know? And he needs that stuff. And it's almost like the people that can't do it, have the most trouble with it, need it the most. And that was me as well with with that Cossack lunge. I hated it. It was like so uncomfortable. I felt uncoordinated. I felt weak. Like I felt just, it wasn't even, I wasn't even doing it right. And then, and it's a slow slug. It's not like you can do it for three days and you're awesome at it. You know, you got to do it and do it. And after months... You start to be like, oh, I'm a little bit better at it now, and so, yeah, it's it's one of those things you just gotta, you know, put the ego to the side and like, do the work.
0: It's kind of the same as jits, isn't it? Because jits, sure. you can't you can't ask when you're gonna get better. Yeah, you can't ask like, oh, when when do I get a, my next belt? Or, yeah, you know, it's just like, just fucking keep doing it, keep showing up, yeah. and do what the coach says, and that's that's the best. Yeah, you can the do. results will come. You know, you yeah. just gotta keep going.
2: Well, uh, for people who are listening who don't really know much about jits, like. Uh, Obviously, I, I know a bit about jits. I like it. I love it a lot. And I've done it. I've, but can you t- explain to them what it is about jits that tends to uh, have people lock up a little tighter? Because it's obviously it's a wonderful thing and it sounds like, oh, shit, I never want to do jits because <laughs> yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to get <it laughs> tight. My body up. Yeah, because <laughs> it doesn't – it also can unlock unlock your body, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean,
0: look, I, I guess, yeah, I mean, the first thing to say about that is that any sport you do will have – positive effects on your body and negative effects Mm. and the more you do that sport and the longer you do it for the the greater both of those you know those lists of effects will be so Mm. there's all the great things that come with jujitsu, you know which we, we we don't need to go into that's you know but like the confidence and the athleticism and mental strength and and learning this skill and technicality and all that being able to kick someone's ass um but in terms of the the negative stuff it's a uh it's essentially, it's a grappling based sport and the most effective position for you to grapple in is with your back rounded, so in flexion. So you're, whether you're standing up and if you watch like two wrestlers face or two grapplers face on each other, the back will be rounded, the arms will be held close to the body and the legs will be bent. That's a standard like grappling posture. So, um, and that's important because if you let your limbs extend from your body or if you extend your spine, you open yourself up for attack. So it's in your best interest to stay flexed and closed. It's almost like animals kind of, it's like protecting
1: the, 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 prote- you know, the, torso. the, the torso and keeping things around the, the
0: core, you know, to protect your vulnerable the or, areas. The or organs that... Yeah, really it's protecting. very similar. Exactly. Yeah, you kind so, see animals in
1: that pose when they're fighting.
0: So then you think like, so that's like the, the base of grappling, but then you think about jiu-jitsu, which you, its unique point is that it has the guard, which is where you attack from a, a lot of the time, or let's say half of the time.
1: Which is on the bottom using your legs to, to def, you know... Keep the partner off you or control the partner.
0: So imagine you're on your back and you are resisting attack. So your elbows are in and your legs are in. So you're, again, you're in that kind of fetal position, but lying on your back and you're using that to attack and you build an immense amount of strength there. But what happens is you're further just reinforcing that flex position. So all of the muscles on the front chain of the body, the hip flexes, the abs, the pecs, the the elbows, everything gets tight in keeping you closed, right? And so that's, your, that's, your, that, like that's where you're powerful, right? And mm. um, you know, any guard player, they're like, you can't get inside. It's like a little ball, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's the game. Yeah. But the trade-off is it only suits you in that environment. Then when you go to move around in everyday life, mm. you want to be able to open the spine and, and open the shoulders. Or if you, you want to go and train at the gym, you want to deadlift, you need to be able to maintain a neutral spine. And so there's this this negative effect is that you reinforce these this tightening of all the muscles on the front chain, and the body just starts to to morph into that shape, um, rounded back, head goes forward, shoulders go forward. Well,
1: it's also like even people that don't train mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu, it's just like an exaggerated version of people sitting on the couch too long, sitting in their car on the phone. Hundred percent. So if you're doing probably doing all that stuff anyway, and then you're fighting in this position with the with the kind of seated position where your body's in, so yeah, you get you get mad at jiu-jitsu but then yeah, you you're not. You know those, those positions we work on, you can't do them in jiu-jitsu because you're you're giving away your arm or your you know
0: position. So you need to kind of balance it out, right? Yeah, and you got to think, man. Like, um, like you know, we it's you make that um, we sort of our body will become what a, what the positions that it spends time in, right? Like it will just morph to that. That's what our fascia does. It will just if you spend time in that position all the time, your body will morph into that shape because it's energy efficient and your body's searching for efficiency wherever it can find it. Um, but so. Say the uh, say in jiu-jitsu, like, yeah, just by nature of the sport, you reinforce all this stuff. But, like, think about, like, when you say you're having a, a training session and you're having a bunch of hard rounds and you're rolling with someone and say you've got someone in, like, a guillotine, mm. which for people that can't imagine that, imagine you've got someone in, like, a headlock. So you've got their head in between, like, under your armpit and you're squeezing them and you've got your legs wrapped around them and you're on your back and you're trying to, like, finish them with this choke and they're defending it. How many times have you held someone in a guillotine for, like, two minutes, Mm -hmm. two minutes actively contracting every muscle in your body in that position as hard as possible. And then you finish it or they escape. But you just spent two minutes reinforcing with great contraction in that position. Mm. So man, that's like, that's hardcore, uh, like strength training. So you're going to put your, 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 you're just really digging that hole of reinforcing Mm. those shapes um and so yeah if you don't do something mm. to try and fight back against the other way then you just you, you go deeper into that hole and you know that's where the injuries and the injuries and just general well-being i think mm. having the sore hips waking up with your sore shoulder bad back all that stuff just just becomes part of daily life and fight i mean if you know like we all know old jits players that's kind of the story you you end up in a lot of pain mm. and uh, the lucky ones are the ones who don't, but I haven't really met many of them yet. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. the, you know, I did see Hoyler Gracie, to mention his name again, doing like a side split stretch. He's amazing, yeah. He's yeah, and he's like, guys, got to stretch after class. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's that's a good example. Yeah. But I know I've never seen many other black belts stretching after class. No, that's it. You do the hard, hard rounds and you jump in the car, drive home, and you <laughs> yeah. get out
1: of the car, like, can't even stand up tall, you know, you body's locked struggling up struggling to get
0: the acai <laughs> in
1: your mouth <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that's yeah that's um yeah so true and 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 i think it is taking that time to to open it out you don't need to spend but like you said if you're holding guillotines on people all the time and contracting at max force you know you don't need to spend equal amount of time doing the opposite but just doing a bit of it will, will Something. Make a big yeah will, will make a big kind of big gain or big difference so um yeah I'm playing catch up like I wish I did this 10 years ago when I was um uh you know before I was just saying to Marco actually before the the podcast how my dad was always inflexible you know like he was always uh could never touch his toes and I did little athletics as a kid that's what my dad pushed me into as a as a five-year-old and and I was quite good at it and and I enjoyed it but um he could never touch his toes with straight legs and I couldn't either as a as a six-year-old seven-year-old so I think I'm more flexible now than I've ever been in my life and um Cool. and yeah which is good and um and uh yeah my mom and my sister could touch their toes but I just was like ah, oh, it's my dad can't I can't it's just the way it is you know my dad was was really good on pushing me to train and, and work hard he didn't push me to, to stretch because it just wasn't something he was naturally good at or worked on and um I didn't realize just by putting the work in that I could be a, a flexible person you know if I if I if I work at it and you know, I'm looking for like a five-year goal to be, <laughs> to be, to be, uh, you know, considered a flexible person by people because I'm always like that, the stiff,
0: inflexible guy. You just need to, you just need to change who you ask yeah. to review your flexibility. Yeah, there were people sometimes. Yeah. People when they see me
1: wrestling, they think they're like, "Oh, you're so flexible, you can do this." I'm not flexible. I'm not going to be able to do it. And I go, honestly, man, I'm not, I'm not a flexible guy. Maybe I'm taller, so it helps me look little like flexible in certain positions. And you know how to work.
2: Yeah, the angles well. and
1: move. Yeah, they're moving the hips a little this way yeah, or that way yeah. will make it feel easier to put my foot behind here. You know, yeah. whereas the beginner might think they, they forget to move their hips and so they don't think they're they're flexible enough. But it's just an angle
2: thing or a movement. Um, you you know what I'd be calling cool the uh, the bulletproof thing is if you had like um, gratings so, you have <laughs> mobility. Yeah. Game. So, like, what belt We're would you say he's on for yeah, that? Yeah, we totally, I just JT I, my really been been belt out, with hey. one stripe, maybe two stripes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying.
0: Did you see um, on that, JT did a video the other day with Bernardo Faria? <laughs> no. In BJJ Fanatics? Cool. And Guys. Bernardo's like, yeah, Guys. this guy. He's <laughs> like, like multiple so time world champion, like, super famous jiu jitsu <laughs> player, oh, now right. runs a big online, um, an online resource for jiu jitsu instructionals and stuff where we sell our yep. DVD. Uh, it's called BJJ Fanatics. Awesome, thing. awesome! Site. It's a mad resource. Yeah, so mm. good. But um, JT was in the states, and so he went to there. He went to his studio and caught up with him, and he took him through three stretches, three like bullet bite stretches that we use a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, Bernardo guys, was fucking these. dying, frothing. <laughs> he was no, loving it. No, no, he oh, was he hurting do it. <laughs> in the video. Oh man, yeah. And people were. Co- I saw people commenting <laughs> on there like. Yo, Bernardo's like ex-seven-time world champion, and this guy's kicking his ass. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, this one's a <laughs> bit tight, Jangs. Like, <laughs> it was so funny, guys, man. Huge honor for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yes, yeah. guys. That's in it. my opinion, one question. Yeah, <laughs> but so um, I love that. Yeah, it was super funny, man. But yeah, JT JT had that, and JT's my other half, one bulletproof, win. right? Yeah, he wanted to have the
2: um, JT one,
0: the bulletproof, <laughs> no, the bulletproof challenge, which is uh essentially a like a set of movements or a, like a workout that you complete and you get scored across the workout so you can rank yourself and up. you get ranked you get ranked as like white up to black belt that's cool yeah and i think it's a mad idea we just people goals you know like as much as like
1: <laughs> touching your toes might be the first one if someone's got really tight hammies or, totally. back or whatever but yeah then being able to go past that and have your yeah, you know yeah, some goals to entertain for, Yeah, stats. it'd be sick. So much fun. <laughs> because
0: we had the first, um, we've got a couple of guys, Mikhail, who you know from Melbourne. Yep, legend. He's a little guy, jacked. Yep. And then we've got another guy, Jake, a uh, Driscoll from Perth, who's in Bulletproof. He's jacked. Yep, yep. He's pretty moderate height. But Jake asked on the Instagram, he was like, I think I said, I, I opened up the Insta to ask a question and he said, Who's more jacked, me or Mikhail? <laughs> and so we thought, we thought, let's run the chat. Like, let's let's introduce Who's the challenge. Who's more jacked is in
1: mobility wise, mo- like like bulletproof. I think he or said bulletproof Jack. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. so <laughs> I was like, all right, we need
0: something like you have to be strong and athletic, uh-huh. but you also got to have the range. Mm. So it, we, you know, it'll be an all-encompassing kind of Sweet. exam. Sweet, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, be cool. I like it. Be cool. How exciting! But um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's you know, it's an important thing to mention. Like, there's. I'm guessing say with your lower like the newer students you have let's say white belts or even people that have been there for a long time they probably don't a lot of them wouldn't see the value in the stuff you're showing them from you know the mobility perspective they wouldn't necessarily see the value that much because they're not necessarily in such a bad place yet yeah exactly so you're telling them hey man you guys need to do this so you don't end up like tight and mm. whatever and they're like yeah but I'm not so I uh, you know yeah, it's, it's like the kid
1: don't touch this hot pan. It's it's quite hot, you know. And, and it's not until they touch it that they realise it really, you know. Oh, oh it is hot. He's, yeah, yeah, he's telling the truth. Yeah, but
2: they also wouldn't know any better. Like, uh, as in, like, if they hadn't trained at a any sort of martial arts academy before, like, they mm. walk in. If you're just if now, it's like a new wave of folks. So yeah, you go in and you're just standard. If you don't mention anything, is like we do this warm this up is, before. Yeah. Before class, that's just what all they know. Honestly, the feedback is that the people prefer it over over doing laps
1: and doing forward rolls. You know, like yeah, especially right. like I think the new students and and in that early days, you need to work on your forward rolls. You need to know how to backward roll over each shoulder, so that if it comes up in a wrestle, you can safely go over the shoulder you need to go over. or breakfalls are important and and in learning to hip escape but when you've trained for 2 3 plus years you don't need to always work on them every single class it's kind of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. 10 or 15 minutes wasted so they prefer That's to a good point. we do our mobility do a lot of that you know the joint circles uh, we'll mix it some days joint circles some days you know up hip flexor stretch against the wall kind of um, like the modified the active pigeon stretch style you know, all those kind of ones we'll do and then we'll kind of warm up with movements warm up with techniques so that you you're warming up while learning something that's that, you, cool. that you've not that you've not mastered you know as opposed to just warming up with a forward roll back roll that you've done a hundred thousand times
0: yep on autopilot yeah yeah exactly that's such a good point
1: hey mm, so a lot of them like it so a lot of I, and also I'll point it out like it, it's not even if they've never trained Jiu Jitsu most of them need this stuff because they're just sitting all day they're on the they're on the couch they're on the office chair so I think it's stuff that even though it's great for a, like a long term jujitsu practitioner, practitioner it's great for just general health you know people don't do this stuff their hip flexors haven't been in that position you know when you're up against the wall and you're pushing into the wall really opening it up you don't hit that in day-to-day life if you're just you know doing your job hanging out with your family
0: it's a good point that's i guess the other side of it and very much the message say of our gym right is that it like all of us irrespective of what sport you play or where you're at in your training journey or whatever all of us are living in a way that's kind of like our modern environment is Shaping. Our bodies are now out of li- alignment with what they were designed to do, mm-hmm. so we all we're all in a deficit yeah. in regards to mobility anyway. Mm. So it's like, yeah, fuck. Everyone's got to do something.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the, there's no people uh, other than the the people are like, ah, oh, you know, I don't want to do this because they're so bad. So the people that don't want to do it are generally the ones that are the need it the most. You know, they're, they're so bad at the cossack lunge that they can't even get nearly into it. Yeah. And if the ones that you know can give a little bit, ah, oh, you're like, you you need this, man. So I have no, I don't feel any remorse for making them do it. You know, I'm like, you, you'll thank me later if you keep doing this. You know, you'll be, you know mobile as and uh, like a supple panther and um <laughs> <laughs> panther <laughs> <laughs> sexual panther
0: <laughs> man so talk to me about the um the competition piece mm. you you mentioned warik before yeah uh, i saw you compete against him uh, what was the sub subversion subversion yeah it was like a
1: the subversion um it was like a really cool jujitsu show one of the bigger kind of shows um in australia and even who mentioned before um he said you know he's competed in america and in england at multiple shows and said it was one of the best productions he'd seen so it was a really sick uh, yeah george hanlon's the promoter of that is a really cool guy and um doing big things for like australian uh jujitsu it was a fucking cool comp. and yeah they put like he, he i think he worked with um um you know mv i can't remember the exact production name but they do like car shows and big big shows and productions so he worked with them or was partnered with them and did like just, you know, went balls to the wall and tricked it out with awesome lighting and smoke cannons big and screens. effects and big screens. Did you have and, a walkout oh, song? Yeah, yeah, I had a walkout song. Oh uh, like it was that. called Gallantry by Sam. It wasn't a hip-hop song, which is, you know... Did uh, you I'm pick a, it? A, oh, my God. Yeah, I picked it, yeah. So <laughs> it's a, I'd used it before in Melbourne. I was at a, a super fight, and it's just... I have a friend who works in... Um, he's actually like a video guy and lives in Northern Territory, Jack Bull, and um, a good mate of mine, but he... He'd always said that this would be his walkout song if he ever competed, <laughs> and so I stole it off him and um I pretty much asked him what, what if he had any good recommendations and it's just a it's just a mad song gets me super hyped yeah it says
2: do, do you have a name like a uh, name?
1: fight name no i haven't I haven't got one yet probably got probably got a few that people have called me but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
2: no nah, nothing
1: nah, nothing that's really stuck yet so um I'll work on that like on that one but yeah, there was a cool show, so it was like a f- twenty four there was a lot of fights It was a big but the coolest thing was was competing in front of people that are drinking alcohol it was quite cool because everyone was you know getting a little bit a little bit loose and wild and um
0: yeah and it was held at night which was like yeah like to give it a bit of background for folks jiu-jitsu competitions are usually during the day in a fucking indoor sports hall yeah you know or six matches at once for six or eight going on and there's no food there there's Mm -hmm. like one little guy selling expensive acai to go back to that and it's like yeah, it's a it's a very much a sporty kind of thing. Whereas that one was like nighttime. Mm-hmm. they had a bar open, you could order some food. Yeah, it it was like co- a people people, people dressed. Yeah. Like, I think I wore some jeans. You know, it's like <laughs> really put in some effort. <laughs> yeah. um, and they it's had cool. like a
1: ring, at, you know, that an announcer who's announcing everyone. Everyone had a walkout song, so all. Yeah. So I was actually the main event. I got I got pretty lucky to get the main event of the of the night, which was really cool. And um, cool. Yeah, and well, Reek was just coming back off winning the like International Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Federation's asian open so the black belt 91 kilo you know the best in the asian pacific he'd won that wow so that kind of played with my head a little bit as well where i was like and like you said before he's a, he's refs a lot and i saw him refing, and he's got his shirt on and he's, he's gone he was, yeah, he's he was yeah he was jacked i was like damn he's, he's got some big biceps man you know like <laughs> i gotta watch out for that um but yeah so he would just come off a really big title and so that was in my head i thought well you know this is and i had a lot of students coming i had a lot of like 45 you know, friends and students coming, so I was like, I got to, wow. I got to bring the heat, and um, and yeah, I managed to get the win on the ref's decision. I almost got the submission. I later chatting to Eureka after he said that I had him in a reverse triangle, and he's, I didn't realize he said he was super close to tapping. He, he, wow. I had locked it up, and I, I had his head locked with my legs quite tight, and I was looking to attack his arm while his like while he was his head and arm were trapped, his other head and arm were trapped, and had i known the position i was in i could have just kept squeezing for maybe 10 20 seconds and, and got the tap maybe even less but um my legs were burning already and i thought just in case i don't get the tap i'm gonna get come up on top so I'm, instead of us both laying to the side i thought i'll come up onto my knees where he'll still be in pressure but i'll be a little more stable i can kind of you know rest and sit on his neck and, and and tire him out and if he escapes i'm still on top as opposed to in a previous position where if he escaped he might get on top and I might be in a harder spot and he said to me after coming on top actually loosened it he said he was very close to tapping and I came onto my knees and he he said his head slid a little like deeper in or he just found some space and I got focused on his arm and wanting to take the arm when I should have just kept squeezing his neck so um yeah, he kind of then he came back pretty hard after that, but I'd had a pretty strong start and um, and I had some good positions to it. So I got the I got the referee's decision, but um, yeah, it was a submission only match, so there okay, were no yeah, points yeah, being yeah. scored. It was based on it was going to be based on who was closest to a sub or or dominance if one was just completely dominating the other. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool
2: experience. And um, it's nice that it was very friendly and that he could give you that feedback. Well, given you know, that you
1: guys probably meet again yeah yeah you know? exactly right I, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll meet again and I, I don't know if he would have given it straight up to me like that I walked out of the arena as he was like chatting to his girlfriend and friends and telling that story as I like he kind of looked over his shoulder and I'm right there okay, and so right. he just kind of he just kind of <laughs> added me in on it so I don't think Sniggy. he yeah yeah it was just like good timing I right? got that <laughs> oh, little shit. tidbit but I was like damn I should have just kept squeezed I could have had it done in five minutes but um <laughs> Yeah, so that was good. And it was also meant to be an eight-minute match, so all of the fights were six, and then the, like, main card, the five or six main fights were going to be eight minutes. Um, And then he bumped ours up to ten. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So that extra couple of minutes, though, was was pretty tiring. That was a
0: pretty active match, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it was good, but... um, yeah, and he caught me in a. He had to be in a little bit of a risky spot with a couple minutes left, where I was a little worried about my knee getting. Um, yeah, was it a it's kind of picture hanging crush? from a monkey? Yeah, hanging from a monkey bars off like just upside down with your legs, but it was just like one leg. So and you got the
0: back of your knee hooked over the bar. Yeah,
1: and he's trying to crush my my ankle to my butt with his with his shin in between. You know, behind my knee, but I managed to undo it. And, um, and is that a of, move? Yeah, it's called a calf crusher. Oh, it's just kind of it separates you. You know, your your femur and your it's kind of your tibia. It's kind of opening your knee out pulls it apart i don't like it's how you nasty. describe
2: that with your hands as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty that? brutal i don't
1: want to see that <laughs> I, I, I could never even hang from you'd probably bars, be you more likely
0: to to snap the um to to break your tibia Oof. i think yeah. before the knee would separate because because you're going against all the ligaments of the knees you probably break a bone first And well,
1: what, what do you <laughs> the, the tibia what are the tibia and fibula isn't it isn't tibia and fibula yeah. i
0: don't know what's the shin bone what's the front one is that your tibia? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I think sure. so.
1: But yeah, I yeah, definitely felt, you know, it, it was getting pretty tight. All there. the exercise physiologists out there are like,
0: Fuck it, come on, guys. <laughs> how do you not know the difference? It's your shin, guys. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, that was a good match. And then... Um, how do you, how do you handle you? that, like going into a, a match like that? So you turn up, there's an arena, there's all these people, people mm. are drinking, there's a big mm. event, there's microphones and shit. They're yelling your name. You got walkout music, smoke machines. Yep how do you um how do you handle the pressure then yeah like uh it was a it was a good one like it was um it was what
1: was it, it, was, it was the you know we each had our own change room and the change rooms were pumping like cuz i guess there's 24 matches so there's 48 competitors and um and each room would have had 24 people in it plus their you know coach or whatever so the rooms were both packed and everyone's warming up and being the last fight slowly as the night went on, the room like whittled down. To so then there's just like a few fights left. There's three of us in there. To so then the second last match is on. I was the only dude in there. You know, Fight. Sammy was like, Sammy was coaching me for it. And um, he's like, you sweet, Do you want to warm up or anything? I was like, I'm pretty good. I've done some warming up. I've done some breathing meditations and stuff. I felt pretty good. Um, and so, yeah, but I was just in the room on my own. So it kind of got quite lonely at that last bit. But um, yeah, I felt really good. Like uh, shout out to my my girlfriend Helena. She kept me kind of held me down, kept me um, focused, which was something. Being like a single for several years, I didn't realize how much a support you know like a, a girlfriend can be in terms of just giving you that 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 back of the mind confidence. I don't know. I, I I don't know how much to attribute to to that, but I think that gives me a little bit of peace of mind and. Um, yeah, I was just willing to get out there and I thought, win or lose, I just wanna put on a good show, put on a like, you know, have a good match. The biggest fear is just getting like submitted in 30 seconds and, and the shame that would come with that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I just, I wanna be a good example to my students and say like, put it on the line and, and don't let the result affect you. Be the fact that you're test- testing yourself let that be, be the, you know, the best thing about it. And you don't need to win. It's more about challenging yourself and getting in there. Win or lose. And I actually had taken a, a super fight with um, a, a no gi, no time limit super fight previously, and and it was the opposite. It was like I got a good showing of people coming to watch, uh, like 25 plus students, and I got wrecked by the dude in like six minutes. a Very good guy, Glauco. Um, and I think I wasn't fit. I took it on several weeks' notice. I definitely wasn't fit. And the fact that it was no time limit messed with my head real bad because I, I I, I knew I wasn't very fit. And as the time went on, as we got in past five minutes, I thought, oh, oh, you know, I'm having trouble getting a good position and controlling this guy. And I thought, as I get more and more tired, this is only going to get harder. Um, and so I lost. I lost and had to actually tap in front of all my students. And I felt that, like, burn of all my students being kind of disappointed and and I thought, man, I'm going to lose students. This is terrible. <laughs> and that next week at the gym was one of the busiest weeks. Which is absurd, right? Yeah, You're yeah. Not going to lose. I realized they're the going to love you for don't you care, losing. you know. Like I was like, don't let that be something to stop me getting in there and, and, and having a go. So I thought I'd already kind of felt the worst of it in terms of, um, uh, of, of losing in front of a lot of my students and friends. So, um, of course, I didn't want it to happen again. That was a little extra pressure. I was like, man, if I lose this one, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow. But... I thought it's you know, don't let that get to you. Just get in there and and do what you do and um, yeah. And that's what I want my students to do. They're like, I'm not good enough yet. I don't think I'm good enough to win. I'm like, man, just go in there for the experience. Test yourself, you know, like, and then when you maybe are ready, when you think you've got all the skills to be the the baddest white belt out there, it's not going to be your first comp. You're going to have had one or two and and know what you're doing, know the ropes, and um, and you'll have a better chance of of going all the way.
2: Yeah. I love that about uh, jujitsu. How the competitions in most of the Mm. gyms—it's part of your development, for sure. I think it'll—I push a lot. You know, I don't
1: push them hard, but I I encourage my students to to compete because I say, I think it'll—it'll fast track. You know, your lessons that you learn. You make a little mistake in training, it doesn't really matter. You like forget about it. But if you make that same mistake in a comp, it might have been the difference between winning and losing the semifinals or something or the final that burns you and you, you fix that mistake and like work on it with intent, you know, and so uh, I think it's, it'll definitely tighten up your, your your gaps and your weaknesses and push your confidence up and, and people that compete, I think, accelerate their training a lot.
0: Yeah, right. I'd agree with that, hey? For sure, yeah. um, I've always personally found, I mean, you know, it, comps are hard. I've always found them tough mm-hmm. and i found at periods like when, I'm, when I've got other stuff going on like the business and things like that, I find it doubly hard to compete. Yeah, the stresses is there, uh, there's... Yeah, for sure. But I know that the more you do it, the easier it gets. Yep. It's just like anything. That's like, as a as a blue belt, I kind of, probably around
1: the time when we fought the second time, I was just starting to get the, the engine going and I started to compete more. And then I got purple belt and I started winning a lot of competitions. And that's when I, I won a, a, quite a big one, um, the like open weight Abu Dhabi trials where the Sheik puts on this awesome competition and... All around the world he puts these qualifiers where the winners you know maybe there's like a dozen people from australia in all the different divisions and several girls would and a bunch of guys would then win an a all-expense paid trip to abu dhabi to compete in the sheik's uh, world championships and so yeah i won that and i just the sheik the is world.
0: the sheik is the prince of abu dhabi yeah
1: he? i don't know exactly but he's like royalty yeah yeah there's quite there's a few of them but yeah he's like royalty there's there's a couple of them and they love jiu-jitsu and he's put it on to all of the, you know, it's like a national sport. they like all of this. You have to do it in primary school. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a part of the, you know, all the schools provide it. And he wanted something that uh, would keep, you know, stop his nation from being becoming overweight and would help them defend themselves, build their confidence. And he also wanted something indoors because it's so hot there. So, like, jiu-jitsu That's was cool. the perfect kind of yeah, formula. So. And so, I'm sure in, in, like, they'll be getting close, but in the next, you know, 10 years or 20 years, you have quite a lot of tough tough um people coming through there but have been training from a young age but yeah so he loves it and he put a lot of money into the sport when when you wouldn't win anything in a competition you know this was a really cool prize for for people in uh, australia and other countries to win but then also over there you'd win cash prizes and get to rub shoulders with the best in the world which was um a cool experience for me and then at that period i just kept competing and so my confidence was up the stress i would have before a comp was lower and i um and that, and that was when I was yeah, I was getting you know getting a lot of wins under my belt. And then yeah, you take that time off. You have to stop for an injury, or you kind of fall out of your routine. And that's you you've got to build it back up again. And just get in there and keep going.
0: I heard a um, I went to a seminar last week actually, Pedro Sauer seminar. Mm. He's an old an old uh, he's a he's a coral belt, so he's like a red and black belt. Yeah. Uh, at high jiu jitsu in Wollumalu. Yep. Shout out to John who yep. owns that. And I wanted to go because he speaks a lot about Pedro Sauer and John just got his black belt and I thought, oh, I'll go check it out. And he actually told the story of how jiu-jitsu made its way to Abu Dhabi and it was it was super cool. I, I, won't, I won't go into the whole thing now, but yeah. what he was saying, um, he said that a couple of weeks ago, the president of Brazil was in Abu Dhabi with the Sheik and the Sheik put on a, this gym, jiu-jitsu display for him. And Bolsonaro was like super impressed and is like, why don't we teach this sport in schools in my country? And he's like, you know, which was just funny because it's like, well, you know, whatever, you obviously didn't even know about it. Yeah. But he's like, I paid for all this. <laughs> but, he, but apparently the story goes, the Sheik got into it in, when he was in LA, brought it back. He had a brother. That's right. And his brother had a few children and one of his children was, um, and this is all secondhand, so mm. forgive me if I tell it, somewhat incorrectly, but one of the children had um, autism or Asperger's or something like that. Mm. And they weren't able to really engage with others and the kid had never looked at his father. Right. Kid was like, I don't know, you know, had been around for a while. eight, nine, ten years old, but had never made eye contact with his dad. Wow. And um, one night at the dinner table, the story goes, the dad made a noise or said something and the kid looked at him and, and asked him something. And he was he would like went silent and fucking broke down in tears it was the wow, first time i got chills child. as he said that yeah it was the first time his, his son had looked him in the eyes and he uh he put it to jiu-jitsu like, well he called his brother and he, and and he called his brother and was like you won't fucking believe what just happened and his brother's like i'm telling you man that's jiu-jitsu like mm. the the kid had been training jiu-jitsu for like a year by that stage and he'd he been training i think pedro Sauer said he'd actually been coaching the kid right and he's like the kid like we would we would communicate on the mats like we would engage in these games and he said it was awesome. And so that the father was the uh, the minister for education. Oh, wow. And he was fucking... They, so he had and he's like, all right, this is the thing.
1: Because I know, I remember when I went there, I got it was the fifth year anniversary of it, and I got a coin. It was something like, he said, if I will gift it to my children, I will gift it to my people, or something. Something like he'd seen the benefit in his kids. And so he was like, this was the sheik was saying, he wanted all the, all of the people of Abu Dhabi to, to get into it. And just going off on that, like in Bankstown, we actually had... Um, like an autistic boy who was was quite, like had uh, strong symptoms, you know, like he would slightly disruptive for the first weeks of class and and kind of squealing or yelling or he would, you know, have a lot of tics and, and nervous tics. And he, he had trouble listening when you'd explain techniques, but if he saw the other kids doing it, he would do it, you know, like the warm-ups, he would be able to do them all perfectly. And then as time went on... He became a beast, like an absolute savage. Where kids didn't want to go with him, only because he would. He, if the the goal was to get around the legs and find a dominant position, he would do that on a like, you know, his tunnel vision and go hard for it. Almost a little bit like not looking out for them. But (laughs) he became very, very good. And I could see how, like, you know, someone like like him uh, would struggle in, you know, sitting down writing an essay. He's not going to be able to, not going to be able to copy what the other kids are doing in terms of that. But when it's a movement skill or like a You know, his mum thought it was the best thing and she said that his symptoms had become much less at home and she raved about it. So, it's definitely um, a great sport for someone who who struggles with learning the standard, traditional, you know, schooling way or has learning disabilities, I think.
0: So cool. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Mm. Those are great, those two stories. I know, right? Yeah, it brought a tear to, to my eye when, it, when yeah. Pedro Sauer was it. I was like, mm. fuck, man, that's powerful. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's awesome. But it is, right? It's like, um, I mean, we talk about it a lot um, and I, it's kind of a good point for us to wrap up on, but it, it's sort of the, um, like, jiu-jitsu gives you an outlet for um, like a level of physicality that you can't really express in other things. Mm. And if you're not into, if you're not into say, rug, like the standard sports that provide that sort of contact, like rugby mm. union or rugby league, um, then you never get it. It's very hard to find it. Mm-hmm. But in jujitsu, like you can, like you get, you get beaten up, you get squeezed and squashed and stretched and you know, you deal with this like, like, you know, we've been alluding to it, like you deal with this stress in your mind mm. and then you have great elation when things go well and like there's all these highs and lows. And I think that that's what the, that's why people love it so much.
1: Well, yeah, that, that, like there's, what, there's a cool quote that I heard that whenever you feel anxious, that's the signal that you're going to grow. It's like your signal from your body that you're gonna grow. You're doing something that that is pushing you to, to grow. And I think you you grow so much in Jiu-Jitsu. they say, you know, you get in tough situations and you learn to be comfortable in a in a in a tough spot. But um I think Jiu-Jitsu is awesome because it's not just the strongest guy will be growed at. It's the thinkers, it's the people who, who can think about positions or who can, you know, take that time to study. And I think I've seen a lot of students and, and a lot of kids who realize, hey, if this is something that you know, normally I get beaten in all the other sports, but this is something that if I put in the time and, and, and practice or study it, I can beat these bigger, stronger kids or these faster, you know, more athletic kids if I just try it, you know, train harder. So that's a really cool thing about Jiu-Jitsu, I think, is that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be the strongest person in the, in the, in the class. You just, if you're, if you're smart and you think about it and, um, you know, you'll get, you'll get the results or you'll end up on top.
0: That's so like cool, that. man. Yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. Man, um, we'll wrap it up there. We've done it. We've done it over an hour. Cool. I wanted to ask, um, is there anywhere like where can people find your academy? Where can they get in touch yeah. with you?
1: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if you're around like the inner west, um, I run Gracie Balmain Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, we got a really cool school. We got students from the ages of four to, like I said before, sixty-seven. And um, yeah, we just had our team dinner last night. So we go to the, like one of the local like uh, restaurants or pubs and have a have a schnitzel and a beer and uh, and hang out. And yeah, it's we do you know kind of. Gee, no Gi. We seven days a week. Um, we've got a solid team. Everyone's super friendly, super like helpful. And um, yeah, check us out. You can You've got quite a few females bellman. there too, huh? Yeah, we do. We do. We've got a lot of like. I really love that we've got a lot of like. We have mother, father, and kids training all of them. You know, so and it happens a lot where the kids are training, the parents watch for a bit, and then they go. Joe, oh, are the adults' classes similar to the kids' classes? And I say, yeah, you know, they're, they're a little more technical, a little less games, and they jump in. Or it goes the other way where. They train and then they they get in love with it and they're like, my my son, my daughter has to do this. one of my students Aiden, he had a good story. shout out to Aiden uh, one of my top students he said uh He came and there was a small blue belt girl in the class, and he said he's a strong fireman. This guy is very, very strong. He's a fireman, and I put him with the with this girl Wendy, and I said, man, don't use strength or your strength with her, you know, move around. And he said he remembered thinking, man, that's all I got, you know, all I've got is my strength. (laughs) So he said he tried not to use too much strength. She's tauling him up, and then he said he started to try to ramp it up when she got a good position. He couldn't get out of the position. He said he was she was tapping him left and right, and he said he went home and he goes. My daughter's doing this sport 100. You know he's got <laughs> he had a three-year-old daughter at the time. Now she's four. She's got a grey and white belt uh, in that picture <laughs> you saw. But Sweet. yeah, so that was something for him wrestling with a girl, much smaller girl, and feeling the power of it. He was like, couldn't deny how good it was, so and he's good. like, my daughter's doing this, and he, no matter what. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what I really like the the kind of family. We've got a really cool family vibe, and you can jump on um, we're on Instagram, you know, Facebook and, and um, the website, graciebelmean.com.au, if you want to check it out, read a little sick. bit more about me and, um, and, and what we do. Sick. Sweet. Thanks Man. for having me, boys. Bro, thanks for coming well, on. Pleasure. Yeah, that was mad. Pleasure. Good chat. Cool. Um, cool. Cool.
0: And, bro, yeah, I'm looking forward to your year of competition next year. Yeah, up yeah. trials and stuff. Check it out, check it out, yeah. Yeah, we'll keep an eye. Sweet. All right, cheers. Thanks, boys. Thanks. See you, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening in. That was episode 44 with Joel Costello, the Savage um if you enjoyed today's episode please share it along with a friend let them know it helps to support the podcast and that also helps share the good word if you guys want any help with your strength or your mobility training or you want to know uh any more about what we do at jungle brothers you can find us at junglebrothers.com if you want to know more about what i do and jt does with bulletproof for bjj you can find us at bulletproofforbjj.com um, same, same name for Instagram as well. But, uh, yeah, we've got the JITS program kicking off here in a few weeks. So, uh, get in touch and, uh, we'll see you in the gym. Thanks guys. Peace.